Stuff Podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Wright and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's story is called The Gospel According to Ruby Tui. It's by Stuff National Correspondent Dana Johansson, who joins me now. Hey, Dana. Hi, Michael. Okay, set this up for us first. Who is Ruby Tui? Well, Ruby Tui is um, one of the characters, I guess, in the Blackfern Sevens team. Um, and I guess we all kind of learned last year that she's a little bit more than a footy player. She became a, a name overseas and, and, and garnered a lot of headlines overseas. Uh, when she did a, a couple of interviews at the Olympic Games, which went viral. There was one, um, I think we all, all remember, with Sky Sport, where she says, have you ever been poo carned? Yes, I remember that. And then there was the BBC interview, which also went viral. And um, when she asked where they were from, they said the BBC. And she said, oh, BBC, better be clear. And, you know, just her personality really came across in those interviews and um, suddenly everyone wanted to learn a little bit more about Ruby Tui. And, um, yeah, the, she has a lot of depth to her, that's for sure. Indeed. And as we'll hear in this story, she's a character, but she's interested in a lot more than that and being a lot more than that. So without getting too far into it, tell us a bit about, you know, who she is and what else she's about. Yeah, she's um, probably been one of these athletes that have been more willing to speak up on social media um, in regards to various social issues. She's very big on um, mental health. She preaches a lot about self-acceptance and and acknowledging when you're having a bad day. She's very big on LGBTQ issues, and she's she shares a lot of her personal experiences in her posts. And um, yeah, we get we get into a lot of that in this feature. And before we get into it, this story, we should say, is part of your very good State of the Union project that's just been released on Stuff uh, this week, I think. Uh, Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so myself and Ricky Swinnell, we've been working on a web series on women's rugby called State of the Union. Um, And it's really an examination of where the women's game sits as we go into what is a groundbreaking year, really, for women's rugby. We've got Super Rugby Opeki kicking off. Um, There's a World Cup later this year. Um, so, you know, it's a time of, of celebrating the strides that rugby has made, but also it's also a good opportunity to stop and really reflect on, on where the game is at and, and where it needs to go. All right. Thanks, Dana. Now, here is Dana with a little bit of colourful language from Ruby Tui reading her story, The Gospel, according to Ruby Tui. On a stifling Saturday afternoon in the middle of January, The Chiefs' Manawa squad are crammed into a conference room at a Hamilton motel for the team's media day. The players, kitted out in their new jerseys for a new team ahead of a new competition, are assembled in groups around the edge of the room, waiting to be called. There's headshots to be taken, promos to be filmed, social media posts to be banked. Amid the clamour, one voice can be heard above the rest. Ruby Tui. Just be crazy with it, she encourages one of her young teammates unused to performing in front of a camera. Do a shucker! She keeps hyping the player up, coaching her from the sidelines until the photographer has what he needs and calls upon the next player to step under the lights. It's worth coming out of your shell for that five minutes, Tui explains later. 
I know it's uncomfortable, but you only get the opportunity once, and that photo is going everywhere, sis. Where some of her teammates may see this as part of the job to be endured, Tui sees the bigger picture. She sees progress. She sees opportunity. She sees her former teammates who never got their due. Women like Canterbury legend Casey Robertson, who took Tui under her wing and taught her the finer points of the game. She sees where women's rugby could get to within a generation. And she sees that she has a responsibility to do her bit to help it get there. 30-year-old Tui's career has straddled two very different eras. She first took up the sport in 2010 when she was at the University of Canterbury and was invited to throw the ball around. She was soon playing club rugby on Saturdays for the varsity team and, in her first season playing the game, earned selection in the Canterbury side. But only because the Blackburns were away playing the World Cup, she says. Her selection coincided with a decision by New Zealand rugby bosses to axe the women's national provincial competition to cut costs. And, not for the first time, Tui butted hard up against the reality of loving a sport that hasn't always loved women back. The trajectory of women's rugby and Tui's life changed dramatically in 2012 when it was announced Rugby Sevens would become an Olympic sport. NZ Rugby, wanting to get in on the quadrennial gold rush, started ploughing money into the women's game. The result was a huge spike in girls taking up the sport, and with it, clearer pathways, professional contracts for the elite players, dedicated resources, and finally, recognition. Our generation of players have lived that change, Tui says. We've gone from chopping up firewood and doing car washes to raise money, to having everything paid for, business class flights, everything, and then on top of that, you're paid to go. So yeah, I feel very overwhelmed with gratitude that it was our path and our destiny, but at the same time, absolutely, it's a responsibility. It's kind of that whole role model thing, right? Like, if you achieve and you inspire people, you become a role model. You don't get to say whether you want to be one or not, and whether you deserve to be one or not, and whether your antics on the weekend reflect that you are or not. We just become one. So we just became responsible for women's rugby, really. And so, Ruby Tui is always on. She speaks of the women's game and its people with almost evangelical fervour. In Gossie, she trusts. And Ty, and Porsche, and Kells, and the rest of her seven sisters. This year, in what will be a groundbreaking year for women's rugby, there is even more for Tui to spruik. There's Super Rugby Opiki, and later, the five-time World Cup-winning Blackferns will defend their title on home soil. The all-conquering Blackferns Sevens team also have Commonwealth Games and World Cup titles to defend. Tui wants to be part of it all. When she contemplates the juggling act she has ahead of her this year, Tui is realistic about what to expect. Oh, it'll be chaos, she says. But Tui seems to thrive on a chaotic energy. And if you can keep up, you're in for a ride. She talks fast, flitting between present speech and her internal dialogue. 
Her pace and delivery confound the AI programs journalists use to transcribe interviews. But there is a lyricism to her words. Like a modern-day prophet in an oversized denim jacket embroidered with the message, love is love, her stories seem to come with built-in metaphors. Even her name seems to have a poetic assonance to it. Quirky and eccentric are words that come up a lot to describe Tui. So too are authentic and relatable. She thinks her larger-than-life persona came out of her transient childhood. By the time she had reached high school, she had already gone through half a dozen schools as she shuttled between her parents living on different islands. I moved around a lot as a kid, she says, so I'd always have to put myself out there uncomfortably, you know, and always be the one who breaks the ice. Her current icebreaker is her cat, Manawa. Yes, after her super rugby side. When it came to naming the kitten, Tui's partner, radio and podcast host Danny Fennessy, had rejected all rugby-themed suggestions. Then, Tui pulled off the ultimate sleight of hand. What about Manawa? she asked casually. It means heart. Aw, Fennessy said. It's perfect, babe. What a beautiful coincidence, Fennessy thought, when, two weeks later, the Chiefs publicly announced the name of their women's side for the inaugural season. Tui has herself in stitches retelling the story. She needs a moment to compose herself while she wipes away tears. And just like that, her audience is won over. During last year's Olympics, the Blackfern 7 star was winning over much bigger audiences as her eccentric takes and post-match interviews went viral. Tui's charming interviews drew headlines both here, Have You Ever Been Pukanad? and internationally, BBC, better be clear. One headline proclaimed that she had stolen the Olympics. To understand Tui's exuberance, even in the face of a couple of shaky performances from the New Zealand side during the Olympic tournament, you need to go back five years ago, to the Rio Games. There, Tui wasn't herself. Overawed and overwhelmed by the global sporting bonanza that is the Olympic Games, the larger-than-life Tui shrunk inward. I let it be this huge, giant thing that I just kind of survived and got through, she says. It taught me you actually have to make a decision in those big moments. You can go, oh, whoa, too big, no, 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 and just be a passenger. Or you can understand the fact that you were chosen to be put in those moments and it's a space you can choose to occupy or not. I had my silver medal with me every day for the Tokyo journey, and I'd look at it to remind myself, like, come on, Rubes, no matter what happens, whether you get a medal or you don't, this is an amazing experience. Enjoy it. Tilly's approach has opened the door to more experiences. Her longtime manager, Dan Singh, says within 24 hours of the BBC clip being posted, it had 5 million views, and he was fielding requests from media from around the world. For literally the next month, I'd be getting 5 to 20 media requests a day for her, Singh says. We were getting requests from Latvia, from Wales, the US. A lot of them were from people who had never watched a rugby game, did not understand the sport, but they had seen Ruby's interviews at the Olympics and wanted to know more about her. 
Hi, I'm Michael Wright, host of The Long Read. If you're an advertiser and you like what you're hearing, you could help us keep making podcasts like this one. Thousands of people listen to Stuff Podcasts every day. So if you'd like to be part of one of New Zealand's biggest and best podcast platforms, go to advertise.stuff.co.nz slash audio and get in touch with us. Back to the show. The most important thing to know about Ruby Tui is she has more than witty one-liners and viral sound bites. She has plenty more she wants to say. She is a strong advocate for mental health, self-acceptance and LGBTQ plus rights, positioning herself at the forefront of a movement towards athletes speaking out on social issues. I've seen too many good people go off the deep end and seen too much talent wasted, Tui says, of her openness about her mental health battles. Tui was born in Wellington to a Samoan father and a Pakia mother. Recently, she has started talking more openly about her childhood, which was marked by poverty, abuse and her father's alcoholism. She feels a responsibility to talk about domestic violence in particular. It's something I have seen up close, she says, and there's a lot people don't understand about it. After her parents split up when she was about seven, Tui moved down south to live with her mum, who started a new relationship. Tui doesn't remember how long it was before the violence and abuse started, just that it was horrible and very, very unhealthy. That's why we would move so much, because there was always drama, she says. I remember once we were living in Golden Bay and there were cops involved, the house was being raided, Everywhere we went, it was just chaos. After a stint living back with her dad, Tui was convinced to return to live with her mother, who had settled in Greymouth. Tui made a deal with her mum. I made her promise me that if I came back, she wouldn't make me move schools again. Her mum kept her word. Early in Tui's third form year, Amid escalating violence, her mother left the relationship. My beautiful mother, Tui recalls, she called the cops. Everything was in place. I got out of school and we were taken to the women's refuge. It felt like a little FBI mission. It was horrible, but it was really inspiring as well. I just don't think people realise how hard it is to leave an abusive relationship. It is so difficult. Like, your whole identity becomes wrapped up in this horribleness. You believe how you are treated is what you are worth. So to watch my mum get out of it and stay out of it? Fuck, she's superwoman, eh? She tells the story not to garner sympathy, nor admiration of the obstacle she has overcome. She says no matter what was happening in her life, sport has always brought me happiness. Tui's message for others is about empathy and understanding. I think it's taught me a lot about respecting that people all have their own stuff, you know? Like, if that person can't get themselves off the couch that day and get to training, they might have a very good reason for it. Understanding her father's alcoholism has been a more recent learning journey for Tui. She used to laugh it off and not acknowledge the impact it had on her. Now... 
She's come to the realisation to have a healthy relationship with her dad, she has had to set boundaries. She has one rule. He is not allowed to call her when he's drunk. He has kind of given in to his illness, because that's what it is, and accepted it, Tui says. And I've stopped my expectations with it, which has been a huge weight off my shoulders. So if anyone is going through something like that with their own family members, I would encourage them to set boundaries and explore what that means. Before she leaves, Tui has one request. Don't make this a soppy story, eh? She pauses for a moment. Her eyes kindle as the big picture comes into view. It's just life, man. It's just life. The hard and horrible parts are part of your story, and you can't change that. But that struggle becomes a huge part of why you do good things too. That was The Gospel According to Ruby Tui on The Long Read from Stuff, written and read by Dana Johansson and produced by me, Michael Wright. This episode was mixed by Sam Scannell. Stuff's podcast director is Adam Duddy. If you listened via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on The Long Read podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Thank you.